All right, welcome to the Cleveland Moto Podcast number 111. We are doing yet another fireside chat. Uh, it's the day after Thanksgiving, so if anybody smells turkey, it's probably us. I know I've had my 15th share of leftovers today. This is two days after Thanksgiving. Two days after, right? Two days after Thanksgiving, right? Exactly. So I've, I've managed to stay awake for two days despite the chemically induced turkey comas. I've lived on turkey for at least 48 hours. I've so. got at least three days of turkey left. That's nice. the thing. I yeah. went to three Thanksgivings. So when you go to three Ooh. Thanksgivings, everybody so makes sure you take nice. shit now, away. Did you cook at all, or you just went to Didn't other people? Didn't do people's? shit. I can go to other people. You, people's. Just, you yeah. just went and ate. I don't throw parties. I go parties. That's yeah. the best way to I do it. I think I've though. crapped yeah. an entire turkey. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I can just stay away from the stuffing, I'll probably be all right. So today we got a big podcast. Uh, some more people are going to be rolling in. Uh, it's Saturday night. It's a little different for us. To my left, we have Chris Smith. Hey, guys. We've got Joe Sutherland. Hello. Who hails from Missouri. Yeah. Missouri. Columbia, Columbia, Missouri. Uh, Steve Hoffer. Hi, all. Wearing pants. Yeah. That well, I was says afraid, a I was lot. afraid of black ice on the way home. <laughs> My skin's not as thick as I'd like to think. It so. is. It has turned a corner here in Cleveland, Ohio. It's officially telling us it's winter. Dustin? Yep. What are you burping over there, man? I've had the hiccup so bad all day t- today. <laughs> They've come back. At some point, God damn it. At some point, I know Ryan's going to do something stupid to you over there. <laughs> I'm waiting please. for it. <laughs> if, Ryan- if you can scare these out, out of me, please do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might be funnier than the helium cast. Yeah. <laughs> this has been my fourth bout of hicc- hiccup. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Okay, nobody talks except for Dustin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking great. Oh, hey, Ryan's here. Fuck, hello. Brought the uh, the Dodge Omni Plymouth Horizon. Not a TC3 or O24. No. You did upgrade the wheels, though. Oh, yeah, those are BBS, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are right. <laughs> BBS look, look good on everything. They do look good on everything. They do look good on every goddamn car. Yep. They make Grandpa's Horizon look fucking fantastic. <laughs> you can't go wrong. Rally that shit right up. <laughs> that's it. And the ubiquitous bicycle racks on the top. Yep. That'll keep you from getting pulled over. The uh, and then Mike's here. Hey, dude, what's going on? This is Hello, everybody. First time in the podcast. So, the uh, tonight's homework was all about uh, Christmas because I'm going to be going away. I got some missions. Christmas. Like, Christmas? There you go. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Merry Christmas. I've got to go to California and sell some motorcycles. I forgot out there last year. So I got about seven bikes to sell in California. So I'm leaving on Wednesday and I'll be gone for almost a month by the time. My missions are accomplished, and Merritt comes out to join me, and we have our annual Christmas trip. What are you taking with you? Fuck all. Everything. No, I'm taking my body. I'm taking my body. I'm going to San Diego. I'm going to buy a truck. I don't know what kind of truck yet. I'm looking at all kinds of mutant stuff like, you know, Previas that have trailers on them because Previas are awesome. Um, Looking at weird Econolines and Chevy Astros and all kinds of shit. Uh, Basically anything that can pull my trailer. But the good news is there's only seven bikes. So... I mean, it's a double it's a double axle trailer, but with only seven bikes in it. I think a Previa might even be able to tug it the short distance I need to pull it. Uh, oh, you're just going up to up <laughs> just going to, yeah. from Elsinore to San Francisco at slow rate t- of speed. Well, then you're towing the the whole the trailer back. Or you the tra- the trailer? I'm selling everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I leave San Francisco, I'm going to be leaving with only the vehicle that I bought in San Diego. I see. And then Merritt and I will be driving cross country in that. We're not <coughs> sure where we're going yet, but it's either going to be like up through Denver or down through Sedona. And then oh, up to Sedona. Down. That's my favorite ride of all. Like 89A. Okay, well that's a good tip. I know a lot of people have told us. Get some good weed. I've never, <laughs> yeah, I've never been to Sedona before, so everybody said Sedona's pretty badass. So the only, the only issue you'll have, obviously, is getting over the grapevine. Mm-hmm. 
if you've got a Previa and seven right. bikes, yeah. like yeah. you're going to be going about 20 miles an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just need to make it into San Francisco because that's where all the bikes are going to get sold. That's where the trailer is going to get sold. So then, uh, but, you know, I've looked at things like, you know, uh, Chevy Astro Vans. They can pull it. Uh, yeah. You know, I've looked yeah, at... a 4.3. I know that my V6 stuff. Tacoma awesome can pull motor. it. But, you know, you don't want to break down a Bakersfield because no, real, real bad things no, happen. No. Fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. And that's the last time we heard from him. <laughs> uh, I was hoping to maybe just make it to Stockton and then everything can be stolen. <laughs> I mean, you could just buy something that blows up at the top of the grapevine and, right. and just walk away. Walk away from it. <laughs> exactly. it's 10 minutes, it'll be gone. <laughs> it'll be gone. <laughs> Problem solved. The, uh, so, yeah, I don't know exactly what's going to happen but i'll probably do what i normally do and that is i'll buy some kind of a Fordicon line because you know out there on the west coast they it might have one hundred and twenty thousand miles on it but the chassis will be gorgeous you know there won't be any salt under that fucker at all which means i can drag it back here and get like six or seven years out of it you know without too much trouble i just hate working on cars that are rusty crispy cars are no fun so yeah that's my mission so uh we're going to talk about the elephant in the room well we'll wait about the elephant we'll wait for the elephant in the room until Johnny Chrome gets here because that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. The uh, so would anybody come up with what's the Christmas present that you guys want? So if, if the person you love is listening to this podcast, what's the one like motorcycle gift or a couple of motorcycle gifts that you might want as a human being that you don't already have and maybe been too stingy to buy? An R twelve hundred RT. That's for the second part of the topic. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah. I was at the BMW dealer today. In fact, I was picking up parts. Were you really? Uh, uh, I the the one they sell hot well sills. Sills, yeah. yeah. You, you were supporting small forever. business Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Thank and you. And I got an nice education story. on why <laughs> Honda does not bring the one twenty five from Canada into the United States. Which one twenty five? He he said that it's a. a so a small, like a, uh, like a CBR one. This is CBR one twenty five. But he said that it's. He was giving me this whole thing on regulations, but then I went on the website and I could not find it. So I, I will bet was... you that when Mecklefresh gets here, it's one of those guys that the guys that do the Lake Erie Loop, yeah. they bring down these Hondas from Canada that are one twenty fives that can hold eighty miles an hour all day long. Like There's a one twenty five sport bike or something. Look at Gov deals right now. Yeah. They have one twenty five T's. Huh. They have like five 125Ts, but they're like, we have no uh, known no. ownership on these. Yeah. So you can't, I mean, you can't yeah. get a title. Right. But a 125 Twin would be awesome. I would love a 125 yeah. Twin, but. That's right up your alley. You should buy all of them. You get yeah. to the Vermont title. Right. Well, you got to build a sale. You can that's go exactly Vermont. right. He knows the rules. <laughs> yeah. I go, no, no pets. You got to do that. Right. That's exactly it. Vermont. Vermont's the magical loophole for putting a <laughs> fucking title on anything. What do you got? A Herkimer battle jitney? We get you title. <laughs> Vermont will put a plate on any goddamn thing. So, and it's it's actually pretty cheap too. Like yeah. that's what killed me is it's inexpensive. You just have to have a bill of sale and fill out the paperwork. And they and mail you the plates really fast. Yeah. yeah. So we've had a couple oh, really? of people to go through it. Yeah. It is the easiest way to get a title around here. So that's cool. So anybody got anything they want for Christmas? If, uh, like, say my girlfriend or my mom went a little ridiculous, right. I want the carbon bell bullet helmets. Oh, the bullet, yeah. Yes. Okay. But the carbon, yeah. the carbon one. Yeah, oh, no shit. Beautiful. Isn't that it's 600 got, bucks? It's like 650 It's got leather interior. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it does? beautiful. Yeah. It's this tan leather that's so soft. Yeah. It just, and the bell bullet helmets are nice. I've, I've kind of ridden one around for a while. 
My only problem is it literally hits my jaw. Yeah. Like the, the little tiny, that little minuscule jaw piece it has is right up in my business. So, oh, there's Volvo Johnny Chrome in the Volvo. Yeah. Hey. That's one of Ryan's old that project guy. cars. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. We used to have Dave Chappelle on the back. Oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Okay, what do you think? Does he hit the pole? I don't know. He's backing up. I think he's got it. He's well, got it's, it. It's a Volvo. If he hits the pole, the pole's in trouble. The pole's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you, Paul? Got hit by a Volvo. No shit. The, uh... <gasps> so you like the Bell Bullet Carbon. Yeah, the Carbon. The Bell Bullet Carbon. It's just, it's just a bit ridiculous. I mean, it is. It's a spendy thing, but yeah. hey, you know, this is Christmas. You, is. you know, this is the thing you don't buy yourself. What do you want, Hofford, except for the R1200 RT? Uh, you got anything? You can, I, can I pass and you think can pass? about that? <laughs> Dustin, what do you want for Christmas that nobody's going to buy? Um, I don't know if I can talk because I'm still hiccuping. <gasps> oh. I, <fuck laughs> okay, Chris Smith. There's a, you, 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 can buy, uh, you can buy armor for your jacket that replaces the, the cheaper armor that comes with your jacket. So there's about three or Thank four you, sir. manufacturers yeah. in uh, It's in like Europe. that 3DO style. It's soft. Yeah. The yeah. Really yeah, bad. But, but some of it's yeah. hard, so you can get a harder okay. piece for your... I was hoping your back, yeah. and elbows, and shoulders, and stuff like that. And you can buy just the pieces that you need. You don't have to buy right. a whole set. Buy a kit. Yeah. So I was thinking of maybe getting some more armor just to swap out into the jacket. And make your jacket more comfortable. Yep. Less yep. structured, more yep. comfortable. Ryan, what would you get? Uh, I don't know. Besides, um... Got any shop tools that you're like, that would make it awesome. <laughs> You know, I, I'm I'm just starting to think about motorcycles again. You know, sort of after a while. Yeah, you've definitely been deep in the cars. Nah. And you know, I still I still just keep everything everything just comes back to the RC51. I have to own one, so I keep eyeballing the stupid things. What I you know here's what I want is an RC51 that has not been hillbillied. Right. Good luck with that. I know, right? Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. At this point, every RC51 has been laid down, laid upside down. Yep. Taken apart, put back together. Yep. It's missing parts. It's got parts from other bikes on it, like. It's the, it has no title. Yeah. Ugh. It's been stolen twice. It's been, yeah. <laughs> it's been stolen twice, wheelied five times, stolen again, and yeah. then crashed. Like, yeah. And that's and that's really, I mean, I've been watching them too, and that's every single RC51 I've ever seen is that, like, the list of modifications to the bike are all bad ideas. Yeah. Like, every <laughs> modification was a horrible, horrible yeah, idea. So that's what I want. I want. I don't even want anybody to buy me anything. Mm. I just want someone to find me. An unmolested RC51 yeah. in, in my price range. Right. Without a without 112 tooth rear sprocket. Right. Right. Good. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a pretty good hunt, and that's a really good hunt item. Is like, right? That, and, you know, that's, that's the, the Honda CBR, like the 919s and stuff. You, yeah. You can see those from time to time. Sometimes. But they're not the same pull as an RC51. That, that... Well, no, they're more pull, but it's just all at once. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's all or nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, God! <laughs> so that's true. Okay. Johnny Chrome, you got any Christmas presents you'd like to have in the motorcycle world? Somebody said, mm. what do you want for Christmas? We're not talking about the bike. We're not talking about your the gift certificate idea. Something you don't have now. But... So you're all. <laughs> yeah. no. What do you got, Steve? I don't know. Okay, uh, so I have, a, I have a all weather gear. All weather gear. Good That's right. Gear. You do need all weather yep. gear. Yeah. You need all weather gear. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so, what do you got, Hopper? Okay, so I have a half inch, like a standard impact, yeah. electric impact, a quarter inch impact, but I'd like to, to get a rat, uh, the kind that's a ratchet, <clears throat> like the narrow impact that oh, you get in the tight space. 
Yeah, like an air ratchet, ratchet. But, but Milwaukee's making an electric, electric one, one now. Wow. Really? Shit, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they make it in a quarter inch, half inch, and uh, three eighths. I might so. find one of those tomorrow. Yeah, three, yeah. it seems like a three eighths <laughs> version of that would be genius. Yeah, and that's. A quarter, quarter, even. Yeah, yeah. So I that's think, what I, I want. I just saw, I yeah. just saw it, and it just came out, I think. So. That's a really good idea, and that would be completely helpful. So they have that's just a, like the length of a torque wrench? It's a, it's almost it's the length of like a half inch uh, ratchet, ratchet handle. handle. Yeah, but because nice. you, you can't oh, get your impacts in. No way. Yeah, no way. Yeah. yeah, an impact gun never is the right shape to go where you want it to go. <laughs> and I'm I'm the guy that's notorious for using like a ten inch extension with a universal and a six inch extension. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm working from way the fuck up here. My right hand's about two feet above my head, and my work is actually happening a foot below me. <laughs> So I can get the angle right to get into where I need to go to remove some like intakes and stuff. It's always a fucking problem. Mike, you got any Christmas presents you want somebody to bring you? No, I'm just glad to be alive. <laughs> Fair game. Yeah. One more year of life will be good. That'll be a decent one. So on the stocking stuffer list, what I found was that Motion Pro makes a cool little multi-tool for about 30 bucks. And in the multi-tool, it's got a number of heads. And this is the kind of thing you can put in your pocket or put in your tool kit on your motorcycle. And the one thing we're always lacking when we're on the road is sockets. You know, like sockets, the yeah. toolkits are good, but they really don't cover the sockets well at all. And uh, the the Motion Pro deal, I'm going to put this in the show notes, but uh, that Motion Pro item that they have, um, it's got all of your standard bits, and it uses the standard uh, screwdriver type bits that fit in all the mechanical screwdrivers, which is nice. So you can kind of customize the kit as you might want to, um, and that's that goes for around thirty bucks. What's nice is it even has a bottle opener built into it, which I thought was very considerate on their part. Um, they make it into two. They make it in two different sets. They make it as a metric, and they also make it as a standard for you Harley riders. So they do have them. Um, it's got eight millimeter, ten millimeter, twelve, and fourteen millimeter sockets, which is genius. And then it's got all your slot heads and hex heads and everything else. And it does have built into it a quarter inch and a 3 8 inch driver. So if you wanted to supplement the kit with a few of your own sockets that you know you're going to use on your particular motorcycle, you could do that. It's pretty clever stuff. Um, and that, I've seen them priced between 40 and 60 bucks. That's cheap enough that it, if you lose them, you're not going to Yeah, too bad. and I think that's a really good uh, stocking stuffer item. They do make a, a low-profile spark plug socket for it, too. So if you wanted to add a spark plug socket to it for your particular bike, that'd be a good, a good addition to that. I found a good kit like that at a garage sale. Yeah. Uh, Marlboro, it was, it was actually, I mean, I know it's cheap tools. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's a Marlboro, mm-hmm. and it's uh, like those old computer uh, tool kits. They're, okay, yeah. They're like six by eight. Yeah. It's got all the sockets. It's got all the Torx heads in it. It's yep. got everything. Yeah. And it's got a, like a tester, electrical, te- like a 12-volt tester so mm-hmm. you can test dead connections. Yeah, and I just threw it in my bike. I bought it for like two bucks at a. But, but I mean, I don't know if they still make something. Well, like that and you're buying the conta- you're buying the container and stuffing it with shit you use, yeah. which is always handy. And um, Costco has a, a sockets at a quarter inch uh, swivel head uh, a ratchet. Yeah, it's it's a in a four by four case that okay. flips open. It's in a st- it's in an aluminum case. Okay, and it's yeah. got all the sockets up to like uh, seventeen millimeter. Oh, that's fantastic. That's and good. It's, only a, it's like an inch tall. It's just in the si- It's actually fairly high quality. So it's the size of like a snowboard wax can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other thing I found was from Cruise Tools, and Cruise Tools makes a lot of bicycle tools and stuff, and they make uh, a thing called the Outbacker, 
And the Outbacker, uh, they have an M14 and they have an H13. Once for Metric, once for Harley. And the Outbacker is the same thing. It actually looks like a Swiss Army knife. It's got that fold-out style. And that thing has got sockets, but unfortunately it only goes up to 12 millimeter. So that kind of sucks. You know, you definitely want to have a 13. 12s aren't used very much. Uh, but it's got like an 8 mil, a 10 mil, and a 12 mil. I'd probably sneak that 12 mil out of there and pop a 13 in. And then it's got kind of a flat wrench that has about eight different sizes of wrenches on it. Like a, kind of like a dog bone wrench or a flat wrench in the bicycle world. And they seem to, that's an item. And I did look those up. We sell those at the store for 20 bucks. So that's a perfect stocking stuffer there for people who are like, hey man, I don't know, my guy rides a motorcycle, I don't know what to get him. That's an excellent thing. The second part of the homework was if somebody gave you a gift certificate right now for $5,000 and said, buy anything you want as long as it's motorcyclish, what would you buy? Five grand. Five grand license for something you don't fucking need, something that you don't have to justify. It's a gift. It's five grand. Chris, what would you buy? Our 1,200 GS. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, may, I'm, I may still owe a couple bucks. I was going to say, you're going you're gonna to buy about 70% of that motorcycle yeah. with that money right there, yeah. If you find a, if you find a not too badly treated one. Or, or the 2005 uh, Concourse I got my eye on now. Right, so you're looking at a 2005 Concourse. Yeah. With what, how many miles did you say? 31,000. And for how much money? 2,500 bucks. Yeah, yeah. So... It's a whole lot of happiness for that. Yeah, that's money. that's not much money at all. And that's not even scooter money, that's shitty scooter money. That's uh that's a fair buy. That's that's it. And and get this. Yeah. It's white. Oh shit. And I've never seen a fucking a white, white one. All those yeah. all those two thousand five are all gold. Gold. What's that mean? Yeah, they're gold. Why's it gotta be white? <laughs> well, it's not well, gold. Yeah. It's not gold, right. <laughs> yeah. It's not gold blue or Oldsmobile Burgundy. The Oldsmobile Buick Burgundy is like, if you dropped one of those in front of my shop, I would have to sell it by fucking simple fact. Uh, I cannot have a concourse that matches my Buick. A, uh, fire issue. There, oh, there may be an issue. Oh, yeah. There may be a, a slight um, Our fire's issue we might fire. want to deal with. Um, I have some leather gloves. Fire's on fire. Our fire's fire literally on fire. On fire. Yeah. Just Our fire's on fire. I think those are dried out. The wood is dry. The wood's dry. The wood is now dry. Officially dried the wood. To give the people listening an idea of what's happening right now, all the wood that we put on top of the burn barrel to, to get dry <laughs> officially has uh, joined the dark side and gone fucking volatile on us. Yep. Phil will put it in the show notes. Woo, boy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's nice. Excuse me. The wood's on fire. Boy, man. You know what? That reached the exact temperature and everything went back. Yeah, it went quick. all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was good. That was, that was brilliant. Well, then. Well, we now have good. had a lesson in Flashpoint. Well, we also have really, really good dry wood. Yeah. There's no question to the dryness of that wood. Um, if anybody it does make any, for a rough ride, though. Yeah. If anybody wants any more beer, I've got plenty of the 12 dogs. Sidecar of, full I will of have beer. one of those. The if 12 you do dogs have of Christmas. You have a, yeah. Hey, Phil, tell us what hey, you brought the wood over in. So I brought the wood over. What's the oh, wood okay. delivery vehicle for this week? Right, we've uh, we've yeah, had I wood. Some purpose. We've had wood. De- <laughs> yeah, we've had wood delivered on a Honda CT110. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. delivered a respectable amount That's of lumber. Right. All right. And uh, KLR. The KLR brought over a respectable amount of lumber, with the side boxes as outward this storage. This thing you got sitting over here. So you this, all is, logs a, on that this thing. is a 2007 Ural Tourist. <laughs> Ural. Ural from the place it was spawned in the Urals of Russia. To rewheel skitter. It's for, it's for touring very, very short distances. It is. Um, very slowly. 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 <laughs> slowly. But still. Um, what I can tell you, for anybody who is considering making 
So the Ural motorcycle is a motorcycle that was imported into the United States about 15 or uh, they started about 15 or 15 so years or 50 ago. 50 years ago. Right. <laughs> and when they were first imported to the United States, their party piece was you could buy a brand new one for about five grand. Mm-hmm. And it came in the crate. And it was literally like they dropped a crate off in front of your house of a, of a Russian motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Some assembly required. <laughs> were the, was that the Most Ural or was that no, the, 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 the Ural? Nicknears. And we're going to go into that. Whatever the fuck yeah. you call them. So that was the Ural. Okay. And then, you could also uh, get like $20 in scrap value for all, all the metal shavings and <laughs> <in> the cylinders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It came with extra spare metal. The... Uh, now, not to be outdone, once the folks that were importing the Urals... In, in Russia, metal machines, you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so then somebody went, that's a damn good idea, but somebody else has already jumped on hole. it. <laughs> so somebody already owned the rights to bring in the Ural. So all these other privateers or pirateers yeah. jumped in the market and went to the Ukraine to find the other shitty Russian motorcycle. And they brought in a bunch of Niepners, and that's D-N-E-P-R... I'm not pronouncing it exactly correctly. Yeah, but those are a lot worse than but the Urals. It. It's more fun to say Niepner. <laughs> and, uh, that's somewhere between a Ural and a Chang Yang. Well, though. Chang Yang I mean, is the third that's version. the lowest rung on yeah. the third iteration. And that's one of those ones where, you know, that's the one where it's not the best... It's not best to get their third. Well, it's because it's a that's a Chinese copy of a Russian copy of a German of a German <laughs> motorcycle. A German <laughs> antique. <laughs> it's like the British royal family. <laughs> you, know, you know how when you use a Xerox machine, you yeah. make a Xerox copy of yeah. a Xerox, yeah. a copy of a yeah, copy of a imagine copy. Imagine that about yeah. three times out, four mm-hmm. times out. And the Chang Jangs, which I know a few of us sitting around the fire have had the privilege of working on them. They are made of. Arguably the shittiest metal that you can get on this planet. But you have like, to love the neutral finder. Well, the neutral finder <laughs> is an archaic principle that really should not have survived past 1951. But the neutral finder was basically like you would have, while the motor was running, you would press this extra pedal. I would loosely call it a pedal or a foot lever. And you would jam it with your foot. And you could basically hear metal dropping in front of other moving metal. <laughs> and, uh, and then you're in neutral. Right. <laughs> when all the other pieces of metal have stopped moving, you're in neutral. <laughs> and the sound it made when you stepped on the neutral finder, even at something like 800 RPM hit and miss engine idle, it would just kind of like clunk. And you'd be like, fuck it, I'm in neutral. Or I broke it. In either case, I'm no longer moving forward, There's which is no okay. Teeth left on that. Yeah. And really, that's the safest thing you can do is look at them because any sort of driving them is fucking dangerous. They are fucking poorly put together. You can see the wood in the metal because the metal they used has been stepped on so many times there's like wooden hair coming out of the metal it's a fucked up motorcycle um modern so what has you on this motorcycle pray tell well what has me on this motorcycle is uh because it's winter we are willing to work on things we would not normally work on in the summer and anybody who's ever owned a seasonal motor type business We'll know that, like, this is the time of year when Ryan will agree to work on a snowblower. No. <laughs> this is the time of year I get really, really good deals on failed projects. Mm. This, is, this is the time of year I am buying stuff. You're buying shit. Hell right. yeah. The I smart am. man's buying shit right now because. 320. Can you yeah. work on that? Oh, boy. Yes. 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 He can. I can. Yes. Are you selling it? Cheap? Because everybody else is. <laughs> yeah, no shit. 
Especially before Christmas. Actually, after Thanksgiving, it. but before Christmas. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, when everybody has yes. bills to pay and, yep. you know, kids to, to. Johnny needs the new G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. You should see this cutlass <laughs> that uh, that we just bought. Oh, and really? Man, what man year? It. 70. Holy Ooh. shit. Ooh, nice. it, it has seen it seen the wrong sort of. It, it has seen a ditch a little bit too closely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has no rust. It's yeah. clean underneath. It's got a built motor. Is it? Does it have four doors, or is it desirable? Oh, it's a two-door. It's a desirable cutlass. <laughs> it's a desirable cutlass. Wow. It is in really, really nice shape. Really? It's it's not a does it have an automatic? <laughs> yes, it is an automatic, but it's a brand new... cruiser. Yeah. Actually, I'd like to have uh, a brand new automatic, brand new, automatic, brand new like, yeah. brand new engine, wow. $6,000 in receipt. I love 350, 350? Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's a built 350. Yeah. Dan went to look at it with, with no intention of buying it, and, but, and he, he called me. He's like, I bought it. Yeah, I got to buy it. Well, the cutlass salons, I know everybody makes fun of cutlass salons, but the one thing that the salon had that was badass is it had the console shifter. So, like, yep. as much as the salons were kind of your mom's cutlass, they did have the console shift, which yep. was badass. You know, the and automobiles they, have that as well. The yeah, two. well, that's the that's the cutlass salon. Is, is the it? so you had the cutlass supreme, you had the cutlass, and you had the cutlass salon, which was like the Mary Kay cutlass. Right, right. Yeah, it had like two yes. vanity mirrors. Right. <laughs> so, that was the but worst. yeah, the cutlass yeah. salon had sport mirrors. Right. It had the no, remote control sport mirrors. Like, not all. We, got, no. we bought that. I bought a 56 yeah. Ford. I'm working on a 50 Ford right now. Jesus Christ, you did buy some projects. Fuck yeah, I did. Guess or Fuck what? Yeah. Is it time? That's, yeah. <laughs> this is that time of year. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a, a 56 uh, 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 Plymouth that was a taxi in New York City. What? Yeah. Sweet. Holy fuck. You find me one of those uh, pre-66 pickup trucks and I'll be listening. All right. The... Uh, yeah, I do still have a spot in my heart for those, but the uh, it is. I do want the. Su- I really want the Sanford and Son truck so bad. I will do the paint correct and everything. What is that? 40, 49? Yeah, yeah. Give or take. Yeah, I like them round. Yeah, it's an F one, right? I like them round and yeah. stupid. Yeah, yeah and that one's round and stupid. The uh, but yeah, though that's really fucking cool. But Reminds me of my first one. This customer, <laughs> this customer called me and said I've got a Ural, and it's a two thousand and seven, and I said no, nah, we don't work on those. <laughs> and he goes, well, but, you know, it was running good a few years ago. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, now. yeah, guess what, Muddy? <laughs> and it's got, oh, boy, here we go. And it's got, you know, 8,600 miles on it. And I went, ooh, that's actually some decent miles. Well, it turns out all the Ural speedometers work in kilometers, so it's got about 5,000 miles on it. <laughs> so uh, it doesn't have as many miles as I'd hoped. And it's a 750cc motor. So Urals came in uh, 650s, they came in 750s, and later they came in 900s. And they work awfully hard to produce... So little horse well, power. that's the really, you know, if you haven't owned one, here's the thing. Everybody that sees one wants the romantic notion of owning a sidecar rig. Look, it's a sidecar rig. And that's usually the point where fuckers open their mouth and try to tell me, no, it's like a BMW. Dude, it's not even like a mirror held up to a BMW. <laughs> it's not even fucking close to a BMW. Not, not, no drunk person at a party who knew anything about motorcycles right. would mistake that for a BMW. You know, the average 12-year-old with a box of crayons knows it's not a BMW. Um, but the movies don't. The movies don't. I've, I've seen these bikes turned into Nazi bikes on numerous occasions. They think this is a K750 in the biggest way or a Zundap. Uh, they really do. But So this particular one came in and it was making astronomically bad noises from the motor area. Uh, the gas wasn't going where the gas should go. The brakes weren't braking at all. And you know it was just very much derelict and abandoned kind of motorcycle. So I went over and picked it up, and it turns out, uh, for those of you who do care, the Kendon three-row trailer is perfectly set up to haul a Ural sidecar rig with no modifications. Nice. It just rolls right on. You just bring an extra ramp, you know? 
And uh, so I picked it up in the Heights, got it back to the shop. First things first, always, just tear the carburetors down because you know it. If it's been sitting for more than a year, fuck those carburetors. The gas tank was those half... Those aren't CV, right? No. Well, yeah, they are. Are they CV? Yeah, they're CV. Uh, the gas tank was half full of rust, which means it was half full of things waiting to be rust. Uh, the gas tank is made out of... Oh, yeah. The gas tank and the fenders are made out of, uh, best I can figure, old battleship parts. Because they are thicker than... They're basically made out of taxi cab. Probably now. old Panzers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they basically <laughs> took apart all the old checkers... And yeah. then cut apart checkers and made your all gas tanks out of them. Because the gas tank, when you tap on the gas tank, it's, <laughs> it's like a quarter inch thing. No, it doesn't ring at all. It's a, it's the, I think the Russians did patent the bulletproof gas tank technology. I want one of those. Because you can bounce a 45 round off of that thing a mile. The, uh, but it does try. It does have the, uh, it does have the Earl's front fork on it, which is nice. Um, for the American market, or I don't know, for the safety factor, it does have a giant fucking Brembo put out there. There's a really big, honest-to-God Brembo out there because at least one of your three brakes should function. And in this case, that one does function. The other two are suggestions <laughs> for things you would like to have happen. Right, and, and uh, you know, the cantilever front end like that yes. totally doesn't dive every time you mm-hmm. jam that brake. I mean, there's, you know, well, the physics of it. Are just... That's the magic of the Earls, is the magic <laughs> of the Earls is it dives so little compared to a telescopic fork. That's why sidecar purists will take perfectly good traditional forks off their motorcycles and put Earls on there to increase the safety factor, and it does minimize some of the head shake. So uh, by, by getting the steering point behind the axle a good eight inches or so, it does minimize the head shake that is associated with, and some people call that a tank slapper or whatever. Well, you, it, you increase trail, yeah. Right, yeah. it does. By and a lot. By doing yeah. that, it does, it does really reduce the amount of head shake when you're riding this bike. There's still quite a bit there if you're not used to them, but you do have to be a man when you ride a sidecar rig. There's no waving at children. That's how you die. Ask Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't understand it when I first came around. And yeah. You don't ride a sidecar. You no, drive it. you drive a yeah, fucking sidecar. You, yeah. definitely you drive, drive it like a rototiller in bad <laughs> soil. <Yeah. laughs> mm-hmm. It is a wrestling match. Yeah, if you've ever rototillered in Ohio clay, you'll know what it's like to ride your all sidecar room. One the of those break? front-time killers, too. Not yeah. that easy to no, use. No, no, no. A front-time for sure. <laughs> the... Uh, the outboard brake is controlled by a system of levers and rods that is really a Rube Goldberg device so that you're applying pre- pressure to a rear drum brake that is also somehow going through linkages under the sidecar over to uh, your right side wheel. And that system of linkages was is one step above the system of linkages Royal Enfield put on the bikes to convert them from left side shift to right side shift, you know, or right side shift to left side shift. Mm-hmm. The, uh, this motorcycle has the shifter and the brake on the side that they're supposed to be on, which, uh, you know, hey, that's, that's a step in the right direction. But here's what I'll tell you. It has a four-speed transmission, and it does have reverse, and the reverse is a jack shaft that means you have four gears in reverse, the same exact four gears and ratios that you have going forward. Just like other tractors. Right. So you can <laughs> get out of... <laughs> so it's at home in the barn... So it and the John Deere can talk about life. The, uh, or in this case, the Belarus. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sorry if you got that tractor joke. Uh, that's for our Kansas listeners. The, uh, but what I will tell you is the valve adjustment is the, one of the easiest valve adjustments you're ever going to do in your life. But that being said, this person swears up and down the valves were just adjusted 
less than 2,000 miles ago. Now, when I got the bike... I-beams. Yeah. Well, when I got the bike, the valves were so fucking bad. They had tightened up to the point where they were like an interference valve. And that, um, if you are considering owning one of these, as long as you understand the romantic notion of owning a sidecar rig, when you say you're all, comes along with the romantic notion of being a motorcycle mechanic. Because you cannot own this bike if you can't wrench this bike. This is a perpetual wrenching machine. And that's, I think, what should be the first thing when you are considering buying a Ural, whatever price you can get it for, is are you really up to what's going to be involved with keeping it on the road? Now, about the road. You have to bring your toolbox in. Well, you should see the toolbox that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a full-size air pump in the back that looks like you could pump up the tires on your 50H Schwinn. It's the full-on, you know, air air pump. And it's got about 26 pounds of tools that come with it, which is remarkably convenient. Now, it's necessary. It's a four-speed, <laughs> yeah, it's a four-speed transmission. And I don't know if speed is the right word. We're going to say it's a four-gear transmission because it's, it's torque window, its RPM range is somewhere between 1,100 RPM and 3,200 RPM. And anything over 3,200 RPM is you can hear metal items dancing around the cases that are probably need to be at lower RPM so they can stay at the bottom of the motor where they'll do less damage. <laughs> the, uh, the bike has a top speed. I don't care what anybody says. My GPS has confirmed that it will go 62 miles per hour clicks, baby. with me in a full tuck. I know it's joking, tucking on a sidecar rig. But with me tucking on a sidecar rig, 62 miles per hour is all I was willing to coax out of it. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. an Elite 150's top speed is 63 miles an hour in a full tuck. <laughs> well, and well, we have built a number of Royal Enfield sidecars, which is a single cylinder, which is 500 cc's. Yet I've driven those sidecar rigs at over 70. You know, coming back from Porco's though. Coming well, you know, in various <laughs> different places. But the same test, nobody in the sidecar, just me and the bike. The Urals are very slow, and in fact, what I'll tell you is the happy speed for a Ural seems to be 45 miles per hour. And I really do think that for 40 at 45 miles an hour in fourth gear, this motorcycle stands the greatest likelihood of going the maximum distance it can. And I'm not saying that's far. I'm saying the maximum <laughs> distance it can. Yeah. Before vital metal components escape the cases. Those are probably all straight cut gears, too. Straight cut, curve cut, backwards cut. Well, who fucking cares, man? Cut with a file. Yeah. Drunk on a Tuesday, like just <laughs> three in the afternoon, hammered. 221, two, 220, 221, whatever it takes, man. Yeah. That is a very pedestrian motorcycle. Well, that's why so, I like them. Yeah, right. It's perfect for you. But here's how the universe works. So now that I got the bike dialed in, now that Emmy's gone through the cars, we've gone through the valves, and it's running as nicely as it can run, and everything's working, and we're ready to return it to the customer, I made this. I made this statement, and the universe heard me. I said, you know, I got an R, I got a 1976 R90. That's beautiful. I mean, we we got it last year for a song. You guys worked on it all winter. It runs beautifully. It's a great rider. I mean, it really is a great riding motorcycle. I said, you know what? The sidecar on the Urals is so well-constructed. And it is. It's overbuilt like a motherfucker. The sidecar is so well done. The Earl's fork is so well done. If I ever find a really shitty, fucked-up Ural, I'm just going to take the sidecar and the Earl's off of it, pop it on my R90, and I'll have an R90 with a sidecar that's a good, solid daily rider that can go faster than 60 miles per hour 
and has that bulletproof 900cc BMW motor in it and a drive shaft that's thicker than my pinky, you know? Uh, because that is what's operating this motorcycle, by the way. It's, you know, it's not a lot of going on. And there's only enough oil in the final drive on this thing to keep the gears a little Coat wet. the gears once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did, they did say that you're supposed to put 20W50 in the motor of this particular motorcycle. And I was like, I'm putting some 1060 synthetic in there because, like, when you're starting this on a cold day with 20W50 in it, it is not a happy starter. It's Damn a very... Soil. Un, yeah, it's a very unhappy starter. So we've got 10W60 in there right now. It starts right up. But So the universe heard me talking, and some crazy lady came into my shop yesterday, and she said she wants a, a, a red Stella with a sidecar. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, we can make that happen. We've got something we've been holding just for you. We've been holding you. a Stella just for you. Since 2008, I've been waiting for you to darken my door. It's brand new with a full warranty. And it's got one little crease in the leg shields from shipping damage. But So she slight came in. Blue. Has slight blemish. One blemish, right. And if you squint and you put the right leg shield trim on it, you'll never see it again. Well, she said, she got to talking. She's been riding sidecars for 20 plus years. And she said what she has in her garage that she'd be loving to get rid of is a 1997 Ural. Oh. Yeah. And it's, a, oh, I've got, I've put three generators into it. And oh, my God. And all these problems and this litany of fucking horror stories about her ownership. It's only got about 2,800 miles on it. And she just put three new tires and a brand new battery in it, and it still won't run right. Well, maybe we work something out there. You done, take brother. the good parts. I'll Already done. Already done. So Monday, I'm going to pick up the uh, get you a, yeah. a two-wheeler. So on Monday, I'm going to pick up this Ural, and I'm going to take the Urals out of the front of it, and I'm going to go ahead and take the sidecar off of it, and we're going to make the R90 into a sidecar rig, and then I'll have a leftover 650cc Ural, which without all the weight of the sidecar might see 65. It's going to go into somebody's uh, Christmas stock. Well, you know what? It's not what it's not going to have is a front fork. So I'm, I'm not going to give away the fork I'm taking off of the R90. I'm not going to give that away and put it on. Okay, so see, we've all got CB750 forks laying around. <laughs> yeah. We've all got two Wait, or three well, sets What about them. a lawnmower deck? What about putting a lawnmower <laughs> deck in front of it? <laughs> I don't know. And just a belt drive to go forward to the lawnmower. I mean, my lawnmower, I think, would probably be more reliable in general than, mm-hmm. you know. I expect yeah. my lawnmower to actually run long enough to cut my lawn. To cut the lawn. Otherwise, yeah. it's sort of useless. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. My, my lawnmower has a Kawasaki engine in it. That's way better. <laughs> That's way better. So, yeah. So, this lady's peanut butter got all up in my chocolate. And I'm going to have a <laughs> I'm gonna have a sidecar rig made out of my R90, right? So, you know. get some... Get some- Extended CB750 forks on it. We turn it into the wolf. The wolf, it. right? No, no, I just take that yep. reflex without the head you gave me. Oh, right. And yeah, put yeah. the reflex, reflex. forks on there. No, just put right. the Ural your all engine into the reflex. Into the reflex. <laughs> no, no. That's a bad idea. You don't want to you don't want to burden the reflex that way. I mean, you remember it was a two fifty Honda with that six fifty Russian in there and it's gonna slow it way the fuck down. The uh you can't handle giving up that kind of horsepower. But it really is. Uh, so that's our. That'll be a fun winter project. Well, is man. yeah, building the R90 into a sidecar rig using Russian components, Russian donor components. I'm sure welding and bracketry will be involved, but that makes the project more interesting. So yeah, it'll be fun. But yeah, that's funny the way the universe was listening right. to me and just provided me with a fucked up your all. Looks good at that shit. Yeah right. Yeah, we'll play with it. 
We'll stand around looking at it for hours, stabbing it with screwdrivers, and somebody will come up with like, "Oh well, I have this metal." <laughs> and that's so. The that's files the files are in the computer, right? The files are in the computer. No, the files are in the fucking tool drawer. <laughs> Get them out and start cutting. The uh, so yeah, that's going to be the project. So we talked about the five thousand dollar bike, man. If somebody just gave you five grand, what would you go out and buy? You know, five grand's a pretty reasonable number for stuff. You know, and it's it doesn't have to be logical. It doesn't have to be reasonable. This is a five thousand dollar bike that you don't have to apologize for. So I could spend five grand total. Five grand total. I think my total. Yeah. My total five grand. If I could find a UPS Brown Cook Magnum <laughs> and a CX five hundred. You do have a streak of the weird in you. I, I'm a yeah. I'm a moped guy. You are a moped yeah. guy. The uh, yeah, a UPS Magnum Mark II. With uh, with a CX five hundred recovery vehicle is probably exactly. a really good idea. <laughs> well, with five grand, I could get a CX five hundred turbo. Oh, that's right, you could you could get a turbo or six fifty turbo. Yeah, six fifty turbo would be better, but yeah, a six fifty turbo you might get. a yeah. turbo. They, what do you think about money those? Now. Yeah. I mean, they are getting huge money. For they those. are the six fifties in particular are getting yeah. really big money. Yeah, and they had the distinctive fluorescent orange stripe on them. Yeah, that was like it matched. It matched the color orange that's on every needle on every tack you've ever had. And it faded out just as fast. All of those things, the man. The CX500s had the big gold stripes on them. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the, With the gold Comstars. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 All of those, though, you couldn't give them away back in the day. The Suzuki NX, yeah. NX85. Right. You know, people the, were more the interested. GPZ uh, 750 or yeah, 650. The, the second bike, whatever you, that you is. You couldn't give them away. Yeah. People were like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Back I mean, away. I think and now people, people recognized that the, the, the CX500 and 650 turbos were were cool before some of those other bikes. I right. think I think they, they, they hit like a, a collector um, a vibe like long before some right. of those other ones did. Right now, I think in that camp, those definitely those CX six fifties, especially the turbos and all yeah. that stuff, they've come into their swing. I've seen people selling them for ten grand. Yeah, turbo, and sure. the generation one first year katanas, the yeah. generation one first year katanas, eighty two, eighty three, whatever they were. Yeah, people are paying ridiculous money for those too. Yeah, so those things have hit their fucking yeah, even, stride. Even, even air cooled chicksters at this point are mm-hmm. going for really good money. Yeah, they are. Eleven hundred, uh, you know, air cooled. And it comes back to what you were talking yeah, about before, trying to find one of those yeah, that out. hasn't been up fucked. Yeah. Like, you know. The station is bad on those old bikes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, they're fuel injected. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cool bike. I mean, it mm-hmm. really is for, for, the, for the time period. It's, yeah. you know, it's a fuel injected bike with, with, a, with a turbo on it. They right. make good power. Yeah. They are kind of scary fast in a weird way. The only one I've ever been <laughs> allowed to ride. Turbo yeah, was, I was going to say, the only one I've been allowed to ride, the guy was very careful, and it was a beautiful bike, and it had been built correctly, and it was bone stock. It had about 23,000 miles on it. And he said, I want to warn you, there is a needle. It has nothing to do with the turbo. So do not look at the needle. Just always be ready for the turbo. Because it could come on any moment above 3,500 RPM <laughs> at any moment. I was like, dude, I ride a Kawasaki H2. You can't fuck with me. Like, you can't scare me. I ride a bike that has the worst temperament ever and completely not predictable power delivery. And then I got, I went out and rode that thing. And I rode it. I, I laid the power on three different times in three different gears. And the turbo engaged at three different points. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And <laughs> at like no a point. Sounds like a I had when I was a kid. Oh, my God. That thing was so <laughs> terrifying because when the turbo did ignite, when it carried the, when it literally carried the boost, it 
I'm going to say conservatively, maybe 250%. Maybe 250%. Yeah. And that goes from a 55-horsepower 55 bike to yeah. a 105-horsepower bike. Like that. That. Yeah. Like that. And it was arm-stretching. Yep. And it did not have all the other requisite things to back it up, like suspension and mass and uh, handling. It handle okay, but yeah. still, like, it's a scary bike. It no was doubt. terrifying. When it lit up, it lit up <laughs> right now. Yep. And, uh, and I think if you could find one of those for five grand, you should probably buy it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know what's involved with owning a, a 30-year-old turbo at this point. Fuel injected. Yeah, a fuel injected thirty year old computers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, think about that too. It's yeah. an EFI system, so yeah. there's some rudimentary form of data handling. Oh, yeah, well, it's absolutely. Like GL, it's like an eighty five or eighty six GL, you know, LTD, a GL twelve hundred LTD or yeah. an S, uh, SE. Yeah. You have yeah. the same thing. It's but you can buy the parts because they're Accord parts. You could buy the. Oh, they're literally Honda. Accord parts. <laughs> no, seriously, you could buy. You could. It, there's some some uh, interchange between really Honda Accord fuel injection at that time and that particular motorcycle. Right. Holy shit. So, but I but uh, going like going back to the turbo. Yeah. Even the GLs on the CXs are. I mean, even though it's not as pronounced as on the turbo. Those two bikes have two different characters, you know. Like they down do. low, they're just like they're real docile, they're yeah. easy to ride. But as soon as you, when they get into their power band, they have a lot. They produce all the power like right up there. Yeah, they do. Right in your face. So. They, they really do. That, that's it's a good bike. People yeah. people don't think it's a good bike. It yeah. really is. Ryan was talking about the distinct differences, though. Even like a wheel size. Gear yeah, the, G, like the, the CX and the GL, of course, are geared totally different. And the CX is a lot more explosive around town. Yeah, it's just geared way lower, but it screams on the highway. The GL has the same power, but it's just geared different, so so it it takes a little more to get going. But then right. you know, on the highway, it, it, it rolls better. But man, they, had, they really do make great power. They do. Yeah. I've had a dozen GL five. Yeah, you've been. You know, I, I love GL five hundred. So. But I just wish I had one more year. It's just like every one of yeah. these bikes. I yeah. wish I had one yep. more year. Yeah, that's how I always felt about my CX. Yep. Yeah, and that really is something too. Where we are in that culture, we're in that we're in that long straight road culture. Where a lot of the times, if we're going, we're going 75 miles an hour. We're going 75 miles in a straight fucking line, and it would always be nice if we could get those revs down to something that we didn't feel like we were burning the shit out of the motor. Now, do you see people doing uh, like trans swaps or anything? There really isn't a lot you can do with a shaft drive bike. Didn't they say you could put a a GL650 clutch? Really? Or like uh, uh, the so there was a, no, a different number of teeth on the actual splines right, I think for you, the I, I, final I don't drive. Know if that's true, but I think oh, you no could idea. put a GL six fifty uh, in there and like lowers clutch the basket, yeah. like clutch, clutch basket, yeah, yeah, clutch basket, and yeah. I think it lowers. That's the a trick that we do with the Vespas. With the Vespas, the Vespas come from the factory with like a twenty one or a twenty two tooth clutch in them. So if you wanted to make a sprinter, you put a 20-tooth clutch in it, and the thing's wonky out of... I mean, it's crazy out of the hole. But, of course, it doesn't have the top end. And then, on the other note, if you do with a 22-tooth clutch, you basically got yourself a built-in fifth gear. And they do cruise better at high speeds. And that's, you know, that's a good way around your gearing. Because in a Vespa, it does make a big difference. Because on a lot of Vespas, you're talking about a 200... Yeah. When you're talking about a 200cc motor... A 200cc motor on most of those bikes, the fourth gear was simply cruise control. And when you'd get the bike up to fourth gear, you really weren't going to make any more speed at fourth. If you wanted to accelerate, it was best to drop to third, get your speed on, and then shift to fourth again. But 
by going to something like a 20-tooth clutch, you could actually keep that bike in the sweet spot, even through fourth gear. And it sounds counterintuitive. You're going to a shorter clutch to increase your top speed. But what you're doing is you're giving your fourth gear a chance. It only has 910 horsepower to pull all of me and the bike in a massive wind load because it's aerodynamically a sail, you know. So a backward sail, exactly. CL one seventy five. You can go faster yeah. in fourth gear and on a CL one seventy five. Right, then you can't can Right, yeah. I had a Sportster that way. That I got this bike and it was an eight eighty three Sportster and it just couldn't get out of its own way. No. And I just, you know, it was a customer's <laughs> trade-in bike. Jeez. I don't know. Do you remember that one? It had like the crosses all over it. It was owned by those two twin brothers in Cleveland. That uh, they're machine shop guys, but they're they're identical twins. And they each had these Sportsters, and they were. Uh, and these guys, when you saw them, you thought they were the full biker package. But they were so Jesus up. They were so super sweet and nice guys. But his Sportster had like crosses. He'd machined at the machine shop, metal crosses, and they were all over the fucking bike. And he yeah, traded it in on a Bajaj, mm. a Bajaj because it was fast scooter. Because he was nervous <laughs> that he was going to die on the Sportster. And I was like, you're not going to die on this Sportster. You can't go <laughs> you fast enough possibly, to die on this Sportster. <laughs> you couldn't possibly die on this Sportster. I was in top gear. Maybe that's it. Maybe he thought he was going to get hit. I know. I was in top gear giving it everything it had. It could do 92 miles an hour. And I was like, I can't get this bike to crack 100. This is disgusting. And then I downshifted to fourth just to see if I could encourage it. And it did. By going to fourth gear, I was able to get it over 92 miles an hour. But at that point, the mechanical noises were frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I was experiencing valve float. <laughs> it's not cool. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was not cool at all. I think I might have experienced some some carburetor icing too. It was, <laughs> it was a 94 degree day. I'm pretty yeah. sure I was freezing things up. The uh, yeah. So Johnny Chrome, man, you got five thousand dollar gift certificate. What are you gonna buy? What's the deal? Buy a bike? I don't buy care. Pieces? Blow or... me away, man. You got five grand. I would just spread no it out. Asked. You know what? I would just spread it out over what I've got. I'd, really? I'd and get nothing it. done. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, theoretically, I, I was thinking about this today while I spent the day with my son, but I was thinking about it. I, I yeah. tried to do my homework. Yeah. Um, I'd probably redo the shovel. I'd, I'd yeah. probably give it a righteous makeover to make it look like, you know, what it's supposed to look like, a right. 73 instead of a wannabe whatever. Yeah. I'd probably, well, no, no probabilities. I would definitely... Buy bags and and set the Moto Guzzi up as a mid-sized Euro Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really that's a good project. uh, Yeah, that's a that's a very fucking like that's that's a good use of money. That that XR six hundred I have is like a half-ass wannabe Supermo. Right, right. I could finish doing a real Supermo. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of CBR rims, I could have like actual nice XL, XL, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, pretty rim. I would I mean, probably yeah. take it and spread it out. I'd spend a couple grand mm-hmm. on the Harley. Yeah, another couple grand on on, on, on Moto Guzzi bags. Mm-hmm. Can can you buy Moto Guzzi bags for five thousand bucks? Close. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it'd take it'd take a full <laughs> uh, probably a full yeah. grand of that to buy those goddamn bags. Yeah, no things. shit. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the Hefco backers, yeah, especially. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's I'm boring. Yeah. I'd probably spread it out over what I've already got. I don't think I'd buy anything else. Yeah, I've got too much shit already. That's like. Project stages. Yeah, I think that, that's probably a good use <laughs> One of, of my five friends grand. Hit the, hit the nail on the head. He's like, dude, if you would just concentrate mm-hmm. on one or two, even two, yeah, toys, right, you could have some nice, cool shit. Yeah, 
instead of a bunch of projects. Yeah. Isn't that all hobbies, though? Yeah. One hobby here, one hobby there. Yeah. If you only had one (laughs) hobby. When you meet some of the European guys and you see a guy that shows up on a bike that's, like, perfectly put together, it's completely dialed in, it's got all the right shit on it. You know what the secret is? He owns one bike. That's yeah. all he's got room for. That's all he's got room for. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what he's got. That's what fits in his shed in the backyard. Yep. He can't have. He doesn't have the abundance of fucking real estate that we do. That's, I keep wanting to add on to my garage. Yeah. My wife says, you need a smaller garage. Right. Asshole. You don't need a bigger garage. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need like a fucking one car. Right. Yeah. And what we, what we all have is we all have like complete ADHD of the motorcycle mind. And then what we need to have is, like, crazy focus. Like, we need to say, like, I'm going to sell off everything and start over with this one fucking thing and make it perfect. Yeah, but, but it's the problem doing that, do. though, yeah. is that every bike I ride, no matter yeah. what it is, if I'm riding a moped right. or if I'm riding, you know, whatever, it's my, it's my favorite bike. It when I'm riding it, at that moment. Yeah. I, it's my favorite bike yeah. at that moment. Yeah. And if I had one bike, it would be... Mundane, right? Well, everything has. I mean, a it would be okay too. for right. like yeah. two weeks. Well, one then... bike, every, no bike is good at everything. Right. Like, I'm not going right. to ride my Honda Express on a long cross country trip. Yeah, absolutely. Unless I'm yeah. doing these loops, you guys are like the loop <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> I want really, like a yeah. 800XC, like the Triumphs yeah. or something. Yeah. So it's a tool for a different. Purpose. Yeah, you're not going right. to take a Goldwing on a racetrack, exactly. and you're not going to take a you know. Uh, a Jixer 1000. We have the luxury of being able to have multiple I mean, motorcycle personality disorder, you know, and that really is what it comes down to. I mean, I was trying to think about it. We were joking. I was like, okay, I've got an absurd number of motorcycles, and it's absurd. It's like the garage thing is out of control. But if you say you can cut it down, how many can you, like, if you said, I'm going to be really, really hard on myself, I'm going to cut it down to X number of bikes, and that's the minimum number of bikes I can have and still keep myself satisfied. I think it's six. That's fucked up. Six is still way too many. Six is like four too many. You're in a unique position, though. You can... You may see something God, that man, how would you live something like six motorcycles. I, I can't yeah. see a good deal. Or yeah, but that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> Just because you're good at adopting cats doesn't mean you should adopt a lot of cats. This is right. true. So, so you know, they don't piss everywhere. Bikes don't piss yeah. everywhere. <laughs> We were recently house shopping. You know, I'm a little more into cars, and, and you know, so I got I got oh, race cars. I got that's this even that. harder on the. Well, I know. So, so we're recently house shopping. My wife. And this is about. It was, we bought a house here recently, but but a couple it years was ago. Was a house or a garage shopping? We were house shopping. We were, yeah. we, were, we moved. And, well, sort of. But here's part of the story. So the garage should be the main so portion my wife, of the house. We're sitting there. We're sitting there. Right. We're looking at uh, houses on the internet. My wife is sitting there at her computer, and I'm sitting at mine in the office right. at the old house. And she goes. She goes, okay, so how many garage spaces do we need before I can park my my car inside <laughs> in the winter? <laughs> and there was maybe like, six. Yeah, no, no, no. There was this long silence. S plus one, right? <laughs> like a S plus one. Like a super, a super long silence. And she goes, "Did you hear me?" And I was like, "Yeah, I heard you. I'm thinking. Hang I'm on. Thinking. <laughs> There's math involved." And I go, oh. and finally, finally, I said, seven? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my apologies, gentlemen. I've had the hiccups. For this entire so what I want to know, Dustin, is what internet cure worked because you literally had to excuse yourself from the podcast for hiccups, um, but you're back there, and you're alive. There was no internet cure. I mean, my wife and I tried everything while I was in there. I mean, she and how was it? My, my, <laughs> <laughs> turns out there's one my, cure. My wife yeah. damn near beat the shit out of me. Really? Yeah. Well, the cattle prod just in the to ass try and get me I can barely tell you've got a large wine bottle in your butt right now. <laughs> Stop the hiccups. And a couple of tea bags in your eyes. Yeah. Um, wow. But they just eventually stopped. And this is the fourth time today. Wow. 
My friend I, Dana. I've, I've had the hiccups all day, and this never Poor happens Mrs. to me. Is so tired. Well, well, she was at work all day, so she yeah. had no idea. <laughs> My friend Dana had a really bad motorcycle crash, and while he was in the hospital being put back together after his motorcycle crash, he got an insane case of the hiccups that was somehow, you know, part of this recovery, part of this process. And when you're all busted up, and he was all busted up, like he's really, I mean, he's a racer. He's high speed, get off. <clears throat> and he had the hiccups so bad that they had to put him out because he had the hookups for, hiccups for like 12 hours, 13 hours. And it was causing all the spasms in his body and tearing up the work they just done. So they literally had to put him out to, you know, to basically settle his body down enough so that he would stop having the hiccups. And he wouldn't void the warranty on his surgery. Oh my God, can you imagine ripping your surgery apart because you got fucking hiccups? Ugh. Yeah, that'd be horrible. That's my, my niece. You remember that story? Yeah. Ooh, ran herself up under a semi-truck. Yeah. While she was still... Mm-hmm. Yeah, stapled ten, together. Ten ribs broken and yeah. all that. She got, a, she got the hiccups, wow. and it didn't last for any 12 hours. Yeah. But after like 20 minutes, they sedated her. Dana was posting up, you know. I've heard that morphine will give people the hiccups really bad. Well, that must be it because he was posting on Facebook about like, I've had hiccups now for three hours. I've had hiccups now for five hours. And this is, you're like, that's tragic, man. That's that's terrifying. No, mind you, I have not been on morphine at all today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Today. That wasn't part of the Thanksgiving recovery program. It's not the cause of my hiccups, but I have heard that morphine causes hiccups really bad. Wow. Hot, hot, like a really, really hot peppers. Really? Give me the hiccups. Okay. uh, Like ghost peppers. Oh, seriously, yeah. 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 I don't know what it is. It's like when you hit that point, it's your body you trying to protect yourself from more ghost peppers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's basically yeah. saying if you're hiccuping, I mean, you, you can't eat like more of that shit. Habaneros would give me the yeah. hiccups really bad. That's because so it's like poison. You're not supposed to eat it. Habaneros would give me the hiccups. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? You did, you not, did you guys not read the owner's manual <laughs> to being a human? Oktoberfest. I don't know. Come on, man. You got all kinds of stuff. You guys want to I think the human body should come under a fucking owner's manual because 90% of the problems I hear with people are like, that shit's obvious, man. If you don't mind. After a while, you kind of figure out what it, when you're going to trigger all this stuff yeah. in there. But yeah. it takes a while, and oh you don't know God. until it happens the first yeah. time or second time. I don't need to read a bottle to know I'm not supposed to have an eight-hour boner. Like, I don't need a bottle to <laughs> tell me that. You know? That's, I, re- you know, fuck you it. don't have enough singles for that. No, no shit. If you have an erection lasting longer than four hours, you find a, a lot doctor, I'll find enough fucking, I'm finding a producer. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Is this Come doctor on. hot? Right, exactly. It's the doctor hot. I need a hot doctor. You don't understand, there's only way I, one way I can make this go away. Because I'm pretty sure I can sleep it off. <laughs> on your side. On my side, yeah. That's exactly it. Alarm's working. The uh, <laughs> apparently, but that that really is. So Ryan, you have five grand to spend. What are you going to buy? <laughs> well, I told you already, but uh, Mopar parts. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've, I've totally missed uh, the conversation. Easily, easily goddamn hiccups. <laughs> you can easily buy ten. Bought right, you could easily buy ten CB three hundred and fifty projects. <laughs> oh easily. yeah, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> easily. Wow. You could, you, you could, could buy have the CB three hundred and fifty army. You yeah. could stack CB three hundred and fifties to the back of your garage and not even come out of your garage for the rest of the winter. That's true. Wow. Heard of the market on horizon. And you know what? They probably all run. <laughs> and they, yeah, by the, by the end of the winter, that's right. You would have at least eight running, running CB very nice CB three hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's what my next. Uh, that's what the next three weeks of my life is going to look like because I think out of the seven bikes I got over there, at least four of them are CB three hundred and fifties. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get real good at CB three hundred and fifties over the next three weeks. Oh, yeah. Good oh, fun. Another I know. That's that's true. Yeah. Speaking of CB three fifties, I was looking at a, a rabbit convertible. Yeah. And the guy in the back of the guy's garage he had a CB three fifty F. 
Yeah, four bags off of it. Yeah. And he just wants Damn, to get rid of it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm online with that. So. Yeah. So now I have three of those. Yeah. We talked about that in a podcast yeah, before. Like, you know, double chocolate. When you buy yeah. one of those motorcycles, you, and that's definitely in that group, <clears throat> if you buy a CB350, if it doesn't have four carbs, that can be the value of the CB350. Four carburetors for a CB350F is not the easiest thing to shake out of the trees. Right. Yeah. You know? That yeah. could be getting to be hard to find. That's where Michael Fresh's uh, uh, eco the fuel, fuel system, injection. Yeah, fuel injection system. They don't make one for a four banger yet. Oh, I can, I can, I can you could one. You could make up. a squirt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's it. No, yeah. mega squirt. Yeah, yeah. hell Easy. yeah. Easy. Make a four channel mega squirter, huh? Yeah. Or make a four into one plenum. Yeah, you just make a four into one plenum, one yeah. throttle, and yeah. you could do four. You could do four. Uh, uh, fuel injectors, if you wanted. But I know you've been talking about this for years, and that's one of those things that if you do ever put that in a box, oh, I, that's going to be your retirement plan. No, no, they just exist. I mean, I, I've yeah. done lots of them on lots of cars. Yeah. They, they easily go in motorcycles. But I mean the motorcycle application. So when oh, you yeah, put totally. it in a box, if it you exists. put it in a cardboard box and says, this is the Mega Squirt conversion kit oh, no, it for a CB550. Congratulations! It's, it's called Micro Squirt. I mean, yeah. it, it exists, so you can buy it. You can buy all the parts to do it. It's yeah. it's actually really really simple. I'm oh yeah, the Micro Squirt's kick ass. Yeah, yeah I mean, there the, we the go. Box, the box <clears throat> the box is literally like <clears throat> the size of like a couple packs of cards. Yeah, and that's it. It, go, it has a, a integrated harness, and it'll drive uh, low impedance injectors. Wow! Um, wow! And uh, yeah, it all kick completely kicks ass. It'll run. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can be, you can basically feed it any type of trigger. Um, you hear that, Hoffert? Just use uh, uh, air pressure, ma- mass air. Yeah, use, yeah, use uh, manifold uh, air pressure. Yeah, manifold. Yeah. Uh, it, it uses an external uh, map sensor. Yeah, map sensor. And uh, uh, you, you feed it the the data. You know, basically like the engine displacement. Right. Um, yep. You know, the, all the things it needs to calculate. Do you uh, have to put a bung on the uh, exhaust for an O2 for a lambda. sensor? Well, yeah. if you want to tune it, you, you do. You don't actually have to. Though. No, because so, you can tune it. You can tune a known. You well, don't have to have an active data coming in. That's so, that's correct. I mean, you, you can run it. And, yeah, you can yeah. run it in open loop all the time. Right. So you can put, you can tune it once with a with a wide band in the tailpipe. <coughs> right. Uh, you tune it once, set the tune, and you just run it in open loop with, mm-hmm. with no uh, oxygen sensor well, at all. Maps. And it's and, still going to work a thousand times oh better God, than four carburetors. They run so good. There you they go. So good. Yeah, for my GL twelve hundred, I would really love to do that. Yeah. yeah. Totally doable. Do it on your CB350. <clears throat> With that, how are you totally monitoring doable. though? And, and your systems? What's that? <laughs> how are you monitoring your You don't have to monitor. Micro squirt. Yeah, I have, oh, a, I have one at the house. You can come look you at it. You okay. yeah. set it up, set it up as a known it. entity once. Yeah. yeah. And then the idea is from that known entity one time with a tailpipe the sensor. Same company yep. as then sport. you're good. Oh. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how the Enfields run. They don't have. Do they have yeah. an oxygen sensor? They do. They have oh, a lambda. Yeah, they do. They do run in closed loop. Yeah. But well, they're running an open loop. Yeah, just because they it's have a lambda the doesn't mean it's just yeah. because it has a lambda well, doesn't mean it's a closed loop. You can't you can run these, a f- you can run micro, uh, make, uh, you know the, the squirt right. systems in any combination yeah. of closed loop that you like. <coughs> right. So you can run it with a wide band where it's aware of of you know a complete range. The before of and after is really what you're sensing, yeah. but you can run them with a narrow band also. So mm-hmm. you can tune it with a wide band and then run it with a narrow band, yeah. or you can tune it with the wide band and run it with no sensor so at no all. No sensor whatsoever. Crossover, and then you'd have everything. Right? Yeah, and then, yes. you, then you can have, you know, so just on cruise, it, it, it sets the, it, it perfectly perfects the mixture while you're right. cruising, and then right. while you got it wide open, it, right. it just looks at the map. Yeah, and you can be, and that's the nice thing about carburation or fuel injection at this point is, remember, at, at idle and at maximum full throttle, those things can be variable. Those things can be out of range. It's that mid-range when you're going to potentially do damage, when you're doing 65 for an hour and a half. That's where you want it to be set up because everything else is going to be regulating based on your metal mass and there's heat dissipation uh, for both ends. But 
obviously going down the road on a two-hour trip, that's when you're going to want everything to be perfect. So if I just machine out the, if I machine the pieces for where the carbs, so I just put put machine the manifold in. Right. Yeah. I could just machine an inject. I mean, I could use a single injector or per, four injectors per, per pipe per if you wanted. Pipe. Yeah, if you wanted, or I mean, you could. Build a whole plenum sense. and just use. You know, I was going to say because Kawasaki really yeah. wanted to. Kawasaki proved that you can do six on one. <clears throat> oh, you know, the uh, John said the yeah, KZ podcast. Yeah. You'll see us tomorrow. Excellent. Yeah, the KZ thirteen hundred proved very well that you could run six off a of one. Like I've seen guys doing, yeah. um, you know, with just take like uh, straight pull carbs and just take all the guts out of the carbs. They're just basically using the straight pulls as throttles. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, you know, uh, injectors downstream, and then they 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 take a. a a line from each, uh, in, you know, intake yeah. to the to the map sensor, you know, so it has a, a read on both sides, right? And they, they'll run like that. See, no, well, and, and and it's it's really nice because you actually get like you know instead of having so you can actually have a CV style drivability where it's got the the you know you whack the throttle open it doesn't bog on you it doesn't do any right. kind of strange stuff like straight poles do, right? Um, uh, but you actually have the straight, the the the, the straight pull, you know, the the the, the, the wide open airflow. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. actually get the horsepower. Right. You get the best of all the world. It world does possible. because you get the yeah, maximum so you keep airflow. Keep the butterflies in place. Yeah, you keep the butterflies in place. Take the CVs gone. out. Yeah. Right. Or or you use straight pulls that that you know don't that never yeah. had yeah. you know the CVs Just at all. Just go my Cooney styles. Yeah, absolutely. Fine, but, yeah. but you can absolutely get the 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 you know. Uh, throttle whack like you know enrichment and the kinds of things that like actually make the thing you know so you can just whack that throttle open and it's just going to go no matter it's what it's going to go yeah that's fantastic totally yeah that's fantastic. that's really you know as much as things have improved i was going to uh <clears throat> this bring this circles us back because i did see one of the companies i buy a lot of parts from is called four one.com and uh they do they started by doing a lot of parts for cb 400 f's <clears throat> and then they kind of migrated into cb 750s and a lot of other stuff and they really do cover if you're a vintage honda guy this website has got tons of shit for you. And they now have, I think they call them the ultimate carburetor rebuild kits. So, you know, it used to be buying carburetor kits and then, you, you know, floats were hard to find. And, you know, you just had a lot of nightmares dealing with these things. Well, they now have, and they're priced right. For a four banger, for like a CB400F or a CB350F or a CB500-550, you can buy one kit that has four sets of floats the four needles, rebuild kits that are fantastic and are gasoline ethanol safe. And it's like $69.79. Wow. Where uh, we know we were paying 50 and 60 bucks <coughs> per car yep. for that shit. And now they've been smart enough. They've got it all together in one package and they've got it set up for about 100 different motorcycles. Show notes. Yeah, four to one. And these guys, I've ordered a lot of stuff from them. I will never, ever rebuild another Honda Master Cylinder. Ever. Because they make a replica master cylinder, including the lever, that costs less than the rebuild kit to rebuild the one that's on your bike. And it's pretty, and it looks new, you know? So for less money than rebuilding it, not to mention your own time, you're just opening a box and putting it on, and it's work, and it works great. So they're doing that, and that's really good. That gives life to old machines where you might not have wanted to go to all the trouble of trying to rebuild four carburetors, or if you did, you cheaped out and you didn't do it right, and you were, you know, I'm going to save these pieces, or I'm not, I'm going to reuse these. No, that's inviting problems. You know, those needles barely worked when they were new. And <laughs> now you've got a kit that has four brand new ones in it, and they're correct and they work. With four floats that aren't the old hollow floats, these are good, solid floats that are gonna, not going to sink. They're not going to sink ever. Whereas you're getting those those old brass floats the fuck out of there, because how many you know 
No, really. I tested this float. It works great. Fuck you. Right. It doesn't work great. Slosh, slosh, slosh. Yeah. How did you fix it? I soldered it. Yeah, with a pound and a half of solder, and now it sinks. Yeah. Let's set your float height now. Let's see what happens when you try to compensate for an extra two grams of lead. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty brilliant that that stuff, they went to the trouble of getting good shit. They're selling it to you at a very good price. Why be cheap and not buy it? You know, buy it. Put fucking, when you're going to rebuild your carbs, you've gone to all the trouble of taking them off. Build them right. Put them back on correctly. Then they'll, you'll get another, you know, 10 years out of the bike. It's much better than trying to limp them along. Yeah. There's, if there's four carbs on the bike, two of them aren't right. That's usually the, the rule of thumb. The outside two that are easy to get to, usually okay. The inside two, <laughs> generally <laughs> fucked up. Or the yeah. outside two are worse because somebody messed with them. They were dicking with them. Yeah. yeah. Those are the ones that have the big jets in them. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first thing I did was drilled out the jets. Really? What size drill did you use? I'm curious. You're right. <laughs> Bigger. Bigger, right. Bigger is usually the answer. Well, I found a drill that wouldn't fit, and that's the one I used. Oh, so quarter inch then. <laughs> yeah. There is no direct cross. So, Dustin, what would you buy? You got a $5,000 gift certificate. Buy some motorcycles or some Oof. shit or something oh, you want. Wow. What are you going to buy? I could buy a lot of bike with five grand. Yeah, you can. I mean, that's the idea. I mean, I bought my my DRZ right. before. Well, you, somebody just dropped five grand. Buy something that you don't have to justify to anybody. Buy the bike that you is a guilty pleasure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it, you you have me gobs. Brainlock. Brainlock. I'm like I'm like sitting there. So many like, options. So Holy shit! Options. I I have five grand. We're operating in such a, I mean we're operating in such a low budget mindset that we don't even know what to do with five grand. We don't I mean, need I mean, Derek Jeter about problems. Five grand. That's just, right. Just I, I could buy so much motorcycle with that. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the idea. The idea is like treat yourself good. Treat yourself right. Get yourself something cool, something you might have always wanted, never could afford, or maybe just didn't want to splurge on. Five grand is that number. I was kind of kicking it around. This and is also I was an like, attainable number. It's an attainable yeah, number, it's, too. It's a completely Especially attainable like, number. Yeah. Family, or the bank, the family or something yeah. like that. The bank made a, a mistake in your error. You yeah. know, anything. <laughs> and and they'll never come back <laughs> again. <laughs> The auditors um, are asleep. Yeah. You're walking along downtown. I mean, you got like two years before yeah. they catch that. Right. You know, yeah. I, I'll but tell you what. But pay it back to the <laughs> bitch. I'd probably try to find myself a used Gucci. A used Gucci, right. Fuck, I really right. got to pay that back? Really yeah. 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 I, I would definitely, Sorry. for if I if I had five grand, yeah. I know I could find a used Gucci. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I could, and yeah, I, I know I could definitely find one. So yeah. that's exactly going to be my answer. Uh-huh. What would you see? For five grand for a Moto Guzzi, what options are out there? A lot for people that don't know. A lot, and that's really the thing is when you're. T- I mean, you can actually get into the world of a fuel injected 2009, 10, yeah, 11, EV11 and beer yep. money. Yeah, an EV11. And, <laughs> yeah. You could get an EV11 and a lot of beer money. There's actually a lot of really good bikes in that <clears> world <throat> uh, because five grand is the. It's within the ten year window on Guzzi's, so you can still get a reliable bike. You can still get parts for. If you want to be exotic, I have an 1100 Sport in the shop. I don't know if you saw it. It's a red yeah. 1100 Sport with like 5,000 miles it's the on one it. Tucked in the back. Yeah, of the it's tucked yeah. in the back of the Mentor shop. It's red. It's in beautiful shape. It runs great. The owner would sell that bike right now for forty two hundred dollars. Is that the one that had that issue with the tip What's over that? switch? 
No, no, that was that weird uh, eleven. That was that weird Brave. The one he gave that you. That was the Brave. The Brave that you worked on. <laughs> this is an earlier bike. This is actually just for the people listening. This is a 1996. It's the last Moto Guzzi that had carburetors. It's got these giant 40 millimeter Delordos on it, and you know this was. This was a lot of power out of an 1100cc Motoguchi. Rosa paint job. It's yeah, it is Rosa Corsa red, baby, <laughs> and it is. Yeah. It's from that period of time when Motoguchi was really trying to compete in the uh, sound of twins, like the big thousand cc leader bike category, and it was on the track against the Britons. And like one week the Briton would win, one week the Guzzi would win. These bikes made crazy power. They were 150 miles an hour. Out of a V-twin shaft drive bike. Yeah. Now, with these, though, yeah. um, going exotic, if you will, mm-hmm. are yeah. people going to experience the same problems with like older Ducatis right. with the Moto Guzzi's? No, because the Moto Guzzi motor as a whole is infinitely maintainable. Yeah. You know, the valves are super easy to take care of yourself. The computer's a Morelli computer. It's easy to get. It's easy to buy more computers. It's easy to buy all kinds of stuff. The bike's so weird. The bike has two 12-volt batteries hmm. that, um, so they're you know they're wired in parallel. And this bike needed amperage to crank that motor over. It's a high-compression V-twin. So the solution was, rather than putting a giant Harley battery in it, which is what they did, like a CH20 battery later on with the big Guzzi's, they put two 9-amp-hour small batteries in it, and they ran them in parallel. And so under the back seat, there's two 9-amp-hour batteries wired up together. And it's a, it's a very proper arm-stretching sport bike. And the cool thing is, nobody else fucking has one. So if you have that bike, you've got something cool. You've got something nobody else is going to lay their hands on. And I really do. Like, that's one of those things. It's it's just the, it's a weird enough bike that nobody's going to have it. It has very good performance. It's got excellent handling. It's got Brembo's all over it. It's got great suspension. I mean, they built, they put a lot of money into building that bike. And it was a flop. You know, they lost money on that fucker. So this is a great time to buy a bike like that for not very much money. To buy a bike that's comparable to it today, you'd have to spend a lot of fucking money. And I was thinking about what I would buy. And I really do think that I would probably buy an R1. And I think that the price now, an R1 by any standard, is a fantastic super bike. Well, that's the great thing is you could be... With an R1, you could still be into a nice fuel-injected, reliable window. Oh, easily. You easily. Get, you get O3, easily. O4, yeah. no problem. And you can buy a bike that you can get any performance parts for, you can get any plastic for, you can get any tires for. It's got more performance than I would ever need, ever, under any circumstances <clears throat> need. And it would put me into that same weird category that I was when I had that uh, Superhawk that I had. That Honda Superhawk that I had had that very addictive personality of a monster V-twin. And Ryan was talking about the RC-51s, and it's that same kind of thing. It's a fuel-injected. Fuel, right, exactly, yeah, exactly, right. And so for me, I was thinking, yeah, it would have to be fuel-injected, so I wouldn't have to be chasing problems with it. It would have to be able to run great on today's ethanol-based fuels. It would have to be reliable to a fault. It would have to be comfortable. And I always thought that the R1s... And the R6s with the double headlight clusters were just beautiful bikes. Yeah. They're just gorgeous sport bikes. The shortest wheelbase of all of them, they're wheelie machines. They are a Damn. little frightening, yeah. The handling is so good. Though. And the power curve is about a mile and a half wide. Yeah. They're so great. You, you can be in any gear with it. And I really do think that, like, 
Now, this might be the situation where someday, like the when I got that Ducati 1000 Sport at the shop, or the 1000 Classic, when I realized I really wanted the bike, but then I got it and I hated it. <laughs> that might be the case. But at Is least the one for, I crashed. You didn't yeah, crash it. You let it lay down. <laughs> you you. you you coaxed it into a mud puddle. Or you coaxed it into I, a ditch. I, I talked it into a ditch. You talked it into a ditch. <laughs> it was a very short conversation. It was speaking Italian. You were speaking... Well, you were speaking... You'd crashed earlier that day. Uh, no, no, no. Wasn't it that day? No, it wasn't that day. Okay, all right. Yeah. I thought you were fresh from the You're crash. Extreme. But, 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 uh, but I had crashed you your other way. But I had been drinking a lot of cough medicine. <laughs> so the... Uh, but, yeah, I do think that the R1, I was trying to look at him, and, like, the budget and the price and everything about that bike, it is, you can go buy an R1 today, and the performance of a brand-new R1 today is not that much different than a $5,000 used R1. No. They're really the same bike. You, you know what I would buy over over that bike, though, is a 954. Well, of course, absolutely. That's and a, you, can buy, you can buy a 954 for 5Gs. Absolutely. absolutely. That's an amazing bike. Yes, they That's are. an amazing bike. Radio yeah. brakes. Yep. Yeah, oh, and, and that kind of gives you the thing. Like, five grand, people don't realize it, it actually buys you a lot of very cool motorcycles. It's not yeah, that it much when you, when you think about it in right. the grand scheme of things. Yeah. How much money, I know I've sunk thousands of dollars into ridiculous mopeds. Sure, hell yeah. It, if you, <laughs> no, it's, it's realistic, it's <laughs> Who ridiculous. says that? Me, I'm a 28-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> How much have you guys sunk into all of your projects? Right. If you think... Five thousand dollars, right. and you go out tomorrow and buy something that's going to be reliable, reliable, and you're going to use it every day. Yeah, and why yeah. not? And it will do anything you want it to do. I mean, uh, it's an extremely practical motorcycle, except for the fact that it goes 165 miles an hour. The uh, you know, I mean, you got to get to the grocery store fast. <laughs> the, the hurricane. I like the, I like the hurricanes. The hurricanes, yeah, and they're cheap yeah. now. Too. Oh God, hurricanes oh, are cheap. Oh my God, that suffers from the same symptom as I was talking about. Is you know, we sold our YSR recently, and our YSR was uh, a 1990 YSR that was in literally showroom condition with 600 original miles on it. And it was the dark-colored one. You yeah, know, I so almost owned it. It was, tra- it was attractive. <laughs> and we sold it for 2650 And to me, it was so weird that somebody in the world would pay $2,650 for a half-scale motorcycle that goes 38 miles an hour. Think about things that you yeah. wanted when you were younger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about the, mm-hmm. the brown Pook Magnum the other day. Absolutely. There were ridiculous things we're willing to spend money on. Yes. Yes. And girl with big kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I've always said this, and I know it's politically incorrect to say it, but I will say it again. The reason I have many, many motorcycles, because I've made a commitment to have one wife. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So having one wife is the best possible justification for getting out my multiple personality disorder in the garage so if you can get the multiple personality disorder out in a safe environment that doesn't compromise your living arrangement then you're way better than like going well i'm bored so i'm gonna go fuck another woman who needs a because bikes don't talk back the way girlfriends do (laughs) (laughs) they don't Mind you. When you do something horrible to a bike, it doesn't tell its friends. Yeah. You know? yeah. True. On I, Facebook, it just leaves yeah. you on the side of the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My motorcycles aren't chatting in the garage late at night about the horrible thing I did to them earlier. You know? We have reached our time on this thing. Well, you know, what Mike, I've learned Mike, is... Mike, what, what bike would you get? Uh, at the moment, 
I would go for a VMAX, a Yamaha VMAX. Yeah, that's and you can buy a VMAX yeah, for five grand all day long. Yeah, I only, nice I only rode on one once, but the time that I did, it hit 80 in third gear. Yes. Yep. Yes. Don't and that, that, that bike will hit 80 in first gear. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scary bike. Every, half, VMAX, half every VMAX I've ever had the privilege of riding did at some point terrify the fuck out of me. Hell yeah. Ah, terrified the fuck out of me. That is a lot of motor and not a lot of chassis. No, and you know what's weird is when you're sitting on a VMAX, the riding position of a VMAX fools you into thinking it's a smaller motorcycle. Because in front of you, it feels like you're riding a CB350. When you're looking at the handlebars, you're looking at the gas tank, you're looking at the world in front of you, it feels like a CB350. But then you make the mistake of twisting the throttle. And then you're fucked because you realize that you have only control over what's in front of you. You have no control over what's under and behind you. And you're just along for the fucking ride. I mean, it's a cruise missile with, like, a leather strap. Like, you're going to do anything to that thing. I mean, you can't. I mean, they're fucking amazing bikes. With the motorcycles that we've... And everything that we've mentioned... Yeah. Um, in the listening audience, what, what other things that... Would you guys suggest in the five thousand dollar price category that people yeah. might pursue mm-hmm. uh, at any point, like you know, any with, part with, of the with country? Five thousand dollars, I could buy any amount of motorcycle I ever wanted. A yeah. really good used VFR. Wait, is, shouldn't we yeah. like very light to people today? Yeah. Very late to spend yeah. thirty thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars on yeah. this tour. Yeah. When you yeah. might be Boy, happy. you could buy a VFR and a thousand dollars worth of carburetor insurance. <laughs> five grand. You could buy a nice ST thirteen hundred. You could buy a nice yeah. ST thirteen hundred. That's an excellent option. Fantastic option. What or about, a nice ST eleven hundred yeah. with some bonus money easily left over. ST What yeah. about this though? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could list a couple categories really quick, yeah. one thing that would fit into everything, so people might have an idea. Say yeah. they they throw this podcast to their wife, or yeah. they're pursuing a hobby. Right. Um, throw a couple categories like touring. Uh, maybe enduro, maybe yeah. Cr- um, oh God, the enduro all, class. All you could, that's that's you like know what? any bike for the touring class. I'll tell you what you could do is you could buy Chris Smith's Concourse for like twenty. <laughs> would you say twenty eight hundred bucks or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Okay. Here's how you can do it. This is the easiest way. You don't one Concourse, one KLR, no, no, one two hundred. You, you can set up a decent garage. <laughs> or what I'm thinking, which is more practical. My friend once told me, this buddy of mine, Stan, down in Chattanooga, who uh, worked the scooter shop for years and years, he's like, look, if you buy a scooter thinking you're going to save money, you're a fucking idiot. Because <laughs> you're going to spend three grand on the scooter. You're going to spend 600 bucks on your gear, right? You're going to spend another five or six on the accessories of the scooter, and now you're saving money on gas? Fuck you. Four grand buys gas for your 15-mile-per-gallon gas hog for like three years. <laughs> so you're not saving money on gas unless you plan on keeping that bike for about 20 years. But here's, but here's what five right, exactly. <laughs> right. But here's what five grand will buy you. For five grand, you can buy the Kawasaki Concourse. You can buy a very nice used Aero Stitch for seven hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah. You can buy a three hundred dollar top of the range helmet. You can buy a decent set of eighty or ninety dollar gloves. You can literally outfit yourself. And you can buy a CB350 project. (laughs) (laughs) So you have a bike to ride every day and a fucked up thing to work on. Right, exactly. Right. And you can buy oh, wait, enough. Wait, which is which? Well, yeah. Well, the, the concourses don't ever die. Well, so that's the truth. So. Right, yeah. The truth of the Kawasaki concourse is you have a 100,000 mile life expectancy. That's what a Kawasaki concourse will do. 
before anything breaks that will make you consider, do I fix it or do I just buy another one? Yeah. And that's what a concourse does really, really well. Plus, when they're running and they're perfect and they're beautiful, a Kawasaki 1000 concourse is a very fast bike. Oh, yeah. They're not fucking around. They're a quick machine. I got a question. Do you pull the Hoffert uh, concept and just buy two of them? Well, <laughs> you could, but then you don't have any money left over for gear. You, you do preach this every episode. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Just, you don't need true. to buy two of those. So. No, you don't need to buy two of those. I totally agree. When you're looking at a sport touring bike, the Kawasaki Concourse is one of those things that there's such a high return on your investment. You can buy one for $2,500, three grand, whatever. Shop around. You can buy it, ride it for two or three years, and sell it for damn near what you paid for it. It's like a weird Toyota Tercel thing, where it's like you can buy it, you can drive it for a while, and sell it for basically what you paid for it. It's funny, that bike. Like, that bike is a weird bike. And people don't care if it has 50,000 miles on it. I bought one that had 70,000 miles on it. I thought it had 90. Well, it had 90 by the time I got rid of it. Okay. It had 94,000 when I sold it. Yeah. And I put 24,000 miles on the bike in just two years. So that gives you an idea. Like, you can ride it 120 miles per day. And it will cost you nothing. Plus, I put brakes all the way around on it, and it cost me 62 bucks. Because mm. everything for that bike is cheap. So it's really, it's kind of a, Uh-oh. oh, we've got to upset. But it is one of those things. $5,000 is not that much money, but it's a lot of fucking money. And then here's the come home moment. $5,000 won't buy you a third of what of most is being sold right now today in motorcycle dealerships. Because when you buy a new motorcycle, there's so much money involved. There really is. The ceiling is is so high. Is the investment needed? I don't know. And I don't know. And I deal this every fucking day. I buy a used motorcycle that has 20,000 miles on it for four grand or five grand. And I see a brand new motorcycle sitting next to it for 15 grand. And it's hard for me to see $10,000 between the two. Especially when it's a good bike. When they're both good bikes, it's very hard to make that argument. And that's why this motorcycle place we're at right now, you can buy fuel-injected modern technology now that's 10, 12 years old. Easy. And that bike from 10 or 12 years ago is not that much worse than the bike today. That's how good they were. That's how good they were 10 or 12 years ago. But they were so good that a 10 or 12-year-old bike is fucking modern. Try that with a 10 or 12-year-old car. You know, um, or wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oops. I really do. I really that do think right. that. Yeah, twelve-year-old wife. Are you going to the Philippines? Or something? I really do think that. That's <laughs> it. That's Dude. a good market. So, all right, let's shut this thing. Down. Once again, guys, it's going to be a little while till we do our next podcast. I hope these guys do a podcast while I'm away because you can do a podcast without me. I promise. No, we will not. You yeah, should. We've done hundreds of them. You should. You. you should. I'm not going to call in from the road. Fuck that. I'll be busy doing horrible things. Uh, I'll be busy Mexicoing. Doing horrible but, people. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah, I don't even know. The funny thing is, like the first fifteen days of this trip, I don't have a fucking plan. Like when Merritt joins me in San Francisco, from that point on, we got plans for every oh, you goddamn have a day. Fucking itinerary from that. From point that point on, on we got itinerary. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, for the first fifteen days of this trip, first sixteen days of this trip, I don't have a fucking plan. It's the best way to do it. It really is the best way to do it. I'd much rather fly by the seat of my pants, let the fun find me, and then uh, wander and pillage. Look for the road you to know Bahama. What? The hap- like being a happy wanderer when you're traveling. Uh, I'm, I, all of us know that when you travel alone. 
you're not hurting cats. You're just making yourself happy. And I strongly recommend that. There's there's nothing better than jumping on a bike or jumping on a plane and going and grabbing a bike. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be jumping on a plane, landing in San Diego. I'm getting a bike handed to me. I don't even know what the bike's going to be. But I know where I'm going. And I'm going to Mexico. It'll be two wheels and happiness. Right. Let's hope it's, it's not a Euro, happy. though. No, it won't be a Euro. Because <laughs> my, my friends are smart. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But, yeah. That's the Alrighty. kind of thing that... I do recommend that. So when you guys are doing your Christmas stuff, remind your people that love you that you have a motorcycle addiction so that you're not getting something stupid like a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> you know? It's real easy. Um, if your family doesn't, if your family's not creative and wants to shop for you, here's the best tip I can give you. Tell your family the name of the motorcycle shop that you go to. Every motorcycle shop I know, no matter how big or small, will sell you a gift certificate for 100 bucks. Go and make your wife or lover buy you a gift certificate for your local motorcycle shop. Supporting your small motorcycle shop or the guy that you normally buy tires and parts from, man, that's great. You know, that gives you an excuse to go in there and hang out because you can tell your wife, well, I had to go spend that gift certificate you got me. And that's why I came home with this motorcycle. It keeps America strong. Well, you know, the idea is these little, <laughs> well, little shops like mine, they, if they yeah, go away. That counts, though. You know, that little counts. shops, if they go away, it's not much fun. Walmart won't sell you a motorcycle. Amazon won't ship you one. I checked. They're weird that way. What about Costco? I don't know, man. You never know. They might do They it. might. Yeah, I've yeah. seen some weird shit in Costco. You can go in there and buy a boat. All right. <laughs> so on that, guys, remember to drive fast and take chances. And because Johnny McElfresh isn't here... Bump 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 b